from Impact Fashion, it's Be Impactful, a show about the women making a difference in their own corners of the world. I'm Rifki Itzquitz, and on today's show, I go solo to share behind the scenes on the creation of the drawstring dress. I share exactly how I wore it over the holiday, my best tips for modest dressing in the summer, and why I want an old lady body. about my newest design and that is the drawstring dress and I am I've been thinking about the dress actually quite a lot over the last couple of days um, I'm currently recording this the day before it goes live and we just finished the Jewish holiday of Shavuos where I mean like all holidays basically you're getting together a lot with people you're eating a lot you're having a good time and especially in the good weather now you know there was a lot of walking on my part actually I spent most of the holiday kind of traipsing around the neighborhood um, between my parents my in-laws my aunt my grandmother some friends we really had a lovely lovely time it was a it was a really beautiful holiday and on the first day I wore the drawstring dress um, I was really excited to have it back in my closet for Shavuos. I'm not going to lie. For those of you who don't know, by the way, I make the samples in my size, but the samples have to go to the factory to be what's called a sew-by sample. So a sew-by is, well, let me backtrack. A sample is the very first time that you make a design. Before you go into production, you want to make sure that you can make it properly. You know, you want to make sure that you iron out all the kinks. You also want to see what's the most time efficient way to construct a garment. So the factory will always make one sample before they go into production. And I always make the samples in my size so that I can try them on and that I can make sure that everything is exactly how I would like it. With um, what that means though, is that that same sample, um, then goes back to the factory during production so that they can use it as a reference when they are making everything. So in the time between a pre-order and when something comes back in stock online, it's not in my closet either because the one that goes in my closet is that sample and the factory has it. Now, I'm not going to tell you that there haven't been times when I really, really wanted to wear something to a particular event. So I like called the factory and was like, can I take this for a night and or two nights or whatever, you know? And um, for the most part, that's usually not a problem. Also depends on how complicated a particular piece is. Um, but yeah, so the way that the that I get a hold of something is that I make the sample in my size. I also have started recently making the samples in a plus size as well, in a size 24 to be specific, um, so that that can be photographed. The two samples are photographed for the pre-order and then... Um, after the pre-order is finished, the the sample that is my size goes back to the factory so that they can use it as reference. So uh, just as just like uh, anyone who pre-ordered the drawstring dress had it in time for Shavuos, I only just got it before Shavuos also. So it was actually the first time that I was able to wear it like in my real life for a very long day. And it was really nice. It was awesome. And what was awesome about it was twofold. I, I want to give you a rundown of what my day was like. So this is this is what my first day of the holiday was. Uh, for anyone who's not familiar, on Jewish holidays, we don't drive. So 
a lot of walking. I mean, depending on how far you're going. Um, but when I say that, like I went from place to place across the neighborhood, I was walking. Um, so I started out in, you know, started out in my place, you know, did the whole momming thing, whatever, after nap time, packed up the whole kit and caboodle and, uh, walked across the neighborhood to my parents where, um, my family had lunch with my parents. We had a lovely time there and then walked to my aunt's house who is back on my side of the neighborhood. So straight back where we came and, um, she always has this amazing ice cream party for Save Shavuos. So we ate a lot of ice cream and a lot of cheesecake and we had a great time and some great conversations and all of that. Did that, then came back to my place and proceeded to prep for a meal where I had my in-laws over uh, and some other family members from my husband's side. And so I went from like walking and guesting to hosting and I I had it on for 12 hours, literally. I put it on about 11 a.m. and I took it off at about 11 p.m., maybe a little bit later. And let me tell you, the wig did not last on my head that long. <laughs> not even close. It was a good thing that I was with Chilt's family for that night meal. So, you know, it was what was what, what struck me a couple of I had a couple of moments during that day that struck me. Number one. There, uh, that dress is currently very much in the wash, um, very much in my hamper. Yes, it is washable because uh, there were many incidents where hands that are not mine got uh, food that was, let's say, partially chewed on various places on me. Um, and not having to stress about that, I realized just how important that was. And to be perfectly honest, it's made me want to, in the future, consider washability much more than I had previously. I'm not saying that everything going forward from now on is going to be washable. It probably won't be because usually really nice fabrics are not, but it's something that I want to keep in mind more. But the fact that this dress is washable was something that I really, like I had this moment where I was sitting on a couch and it was, I was sitting on my aunt's white couch and, um, I did not want brownie to get on my aunt's white couch. So I, you know, grabbed a little hand and it ended up on my white dress, which was fine. Cause I was like, okay, this is not a big deal. I could just throw this in the washing machine. And that's like, and, and in that second, it clicked in my brain where I was like, oh, this is fine. This is fine. Like this is, this is something that, that I know I'm going to get a lot of use out of. The other thing was, and I don't, I'm not really sure how to approach this next little thing because I don't want to be dressing depending on how other people feel about what I'm wearing. That being said, getting compliments is really nice. And I'm not talking about like weird comments about your body that we've spoken about before. And those are, are strange. But to have somebody like just be like, oh, I love your dress is is nice. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna argue that it's not. It is. It's just really nice and it feels really great. And everywhere that I went that day, there was a lot of like, oh, I love your dress. This is such a great piece. Um, you know, in my case there's the added, uh, you know, people seeing like, oh, I saw it online, you know, things like that. People recognize that it's my design. But there's there is really like a little buzz to it and it's like, honestly, it has made me think that when I do see some, very often I'll see something that I love that somebody else is wearing and I won't always tell them. I'm going to try to be better at always telling them because I, 
I think that it it really makes a big difference. Like there's just something really nice about having someone recognize that the taste that you have, the style that you have, the way you put yourself together, that that is nice. You know, that that is the, you know, whether it's something you've really thought hard about or not, I just think that's really nice to be recognized in that way. So got a ton of compliments on it when I was wearing it as well, which was really nice. The other thing is I sweat like a pig. (laughs) And I mean that in like the nicest way possible. I sweat a lot and I was comfortable sweating in this dress. And there was a lot of walking. It was a lot of back and forth. There was just a lot of places I need to be I needed to be and it wasn't a problem for me to be doing that and these were all things that I was thinking as I was wearing the dress which was honestly really really nice to have and to not be and to not be like stressed about it to really to not be stressed about it I actually think that this is a great time to review some sweating tricks um I have actually a great blog article on my site that I will link in the show notes here. But there are things that you can do to make dressing in the summer, particularly if you're dressing modestly. So if you're more covered, there are many things that you can do to make it much more comfortable. And it boils down to a couple of tips. Number one is that you want to think about the fabrics that you're wearing. So fabric is made up of two main components. You've got the fiber and you've got the weave. The weave could also be a knit. Weave is kind of like a technical term, whatever. Uh, The fiber is the actual chemical makeup of whatever it is that you're wearing. So cotton type of fiber, wool type of fiber, polyester type of fire, fiber, rayon type of fiber. Those are all types of fiber. Um, Weave is the way in which those fibers are combined or made into yarn so that they can turn into fabric. So like a thicker fabric versus a thinner fabric that's could be due to the type of fiber because certain fibers like wool, let's say, are just, it's a larger molecular structure than, you know, something like linen. Or um, you can have like a polyester, which is a very malleable fiber, and you can have a polyester chiffon, you can have a polyester twill, you can have all sorts of different fabrics made out of one different type of fiber. But what you want to think about in terms of heat management is there is the fiber is going to be much more important and fibers are divided into two classes. You have natural fibers and synthetic fibers. Natural fibers come from nature. So cotton grows in the ground, linen grows in the ground, sheep, not sheep. (laughs) What's the thing from sheep? Wool. Um, Wool comes from sheep. Those are all natural things. They grow. Um, The those are natural fibers. Synthetic fibers are made in a lab. So polyester, nylon, those are just things that are made in a lab. Um, That's just where they come from. Um, The general rule is that natural fibers absorb moisture and synthetic fibers repel moisture. So both of these are good. You need a little bit of both, which is why like blends are usually the best for your skin in the summer. Um, You want something that absorbs some moisture so that you are wicking sweat away from your skin and keeping yourself cooler but you also want something that will repel a tiny bit um, because otherwise you're wearing a sponge and you will show intense uh, sweat stains so you really want to go for things that are um, you know blends cotton blends in particular actually a really great breathable summer option the way that I incorporate this into my collection is through a um, a difference in the fabric that is the outer fabric and the lining. So when you think about the drawstring dress, the outer fabric is cotton and the lining is a polyester. 
So what you get is great breathability through the cotton and then the polyester acts as kind of like a sweat shield. So you don't have to worry that much about showing sweat stains through. And for the most part, you'll stay reasonably cool. So that's important to think about. The other thing to think about it is what are the types of styles that you're wearing? If you're wearing a tight bodycon dress, that's going to be like more, you're going to be hotter than if you're in a loose and flowy dress. So airflow, think about how are we going to keep things circulating around you? Those, you know, those, those are, you know, something else to think about the types of styles, um, which is also, you know, when I was designing the drawstring dress for summer, it's loose, it's flowy, it's airy. You have the drawstring to kind of pull in the waist, but it's not like a super cinched look. Um, you know, it's not like the piping dress, um, but it is something that is, that will give you that airflow around you, which is great. Also think about the makeup that you're wearing. Okay. Honestly, in the summer, I avoid any kind of face makeup. So foundation, concealer, whatever, whatever my face is, unless it's like egregious, um, for the most part, whatever my face is doing, that's what my face is going to be doing. Um, you want to think about breathability on your skin. For me personally, honestly, it's just an exercise in futility. The last thing I want to do is spend a ton of time applying makeup just to wipe it off or dab it off gracefully in globs throughout the night. I'm not interested. Uh, so for the most part, I will avoid face makeup. Um, and then I'll really play out my eyes. Um, I like to use a lot of mascara in the summer. Um, and sometimes because I'm, because I won't have any foundation on, I find that eyeliner and found with no foundation is a little bit of a strange combination for me. So I'll pile on a ton of mascara. I will just like caveat here. Um, I happen to have really long eyelashes to begin with. So I think that I can get away with this, um, in a way that gives kind of like the look of eyeliner that you might not get either. I'm not saying that to be like, oh, Rifki's so pretty. I'm just saying that because it really annoys me when people will give tips and then it's just like, yeah, but also like you've had a nose job. So like your nose looks different. And that's, you know, we're all about the transparency. So I, I do think that for me personally, um, because I do have um, pretty intense eyelashes to begin with, this works really well for me. Um, you might feel differently about yourself, but also it's your face. Do whatever makes you happy. So I like to pile on a lot of mascara and then I'll usually do sunscreen and blush. Um, and that's pretty much it. Um, and then I'll also do wherever, um, you know, like uh, whatever, I'll, I'll try to keep the powder on me. So if I am in a situation where I'm wearing kind of anything in my face, if I, you know, put on concealer or something like that, which I'll usually do actually in the... Um, uh, the, what's the part right next to your nose? The inner corner. That's what it's called. Um, I will usually think about the, um, like, I'll usually think about like where, what, what, what do I need from this night? You know, where do I need the most sweat absorption and that kind of thing? And if I am wearing something like foundation or concealer, um, I'll have a translucent powder on me because I do find that a good translucent powder can, um, just absorb the sweat and just keep things at bay, I guess you could say. Uh, and then, yeah, if I need to, I'll go to the bathroom and I will, dab and reapply as needed and all of that. Uh, the translucent powder that I use is the Bare Minerals Mineral Veil. I like that a lot. Um, so that's what, you know, that's what I do. Um, the other thing in the heat, and this is really important also, um, think about your shoes in a little bit of a different way. If your feet are sweating, um, if there's just generally more moisture, you have a much higher chance of blisters, which is freaking painful. Side note, this is if you learn one thing from this podcast through, you know, all of the years that I've been doing this, this is the thing to learn. 
their their band-aid brand makes a blister band-aid it comes in a silver box i'm going to link it in the show notes this is your best friend if you do get a blister anywhere by the way um i usually get them on my feet from shoes because i don't really know how to shop for shoes and i um this is this is your lifesaver so it's a special type of band-aid um it looks like um Okay, remember when we were kids and we had the puffy stickers? It kind of feels like a puffy sticker. And the way that it works is that it's a like a gel band-aid shaped thing that on one side has like a band-aid type adhesive and then the rest of it is this little sack thing that's filled with this gel. And the gel is hydrophilic. It absorbs moisture. It absorbs water. So you put the band-aid on the blister and then the the, the gel absorbs the like goop, I guess, or whatever it is that's underneath a blister. And what that does is that because it absorbs the goop into the Band-Aid, it creates a cushion around the blister that is like exactly where the blister is because the goop moves through like osmosis or something from the blister into the Band-Aid. So it creates this perfect cushion over the blister and it bonds with the blister. So this makes it heal faster because you're drawing out the moisture. It perfectly cushions it while it is healing. And what happens is, is that the Band-Aid bonds with the blister. You cannot pull it off. If you pull it off, you might as well have popped that blister. If you pull it off, you're just pulling off the blister with it. It is painful and you do not do that. What you do is that you leave the Band-Aid on until it falls off. When the blister is fully healed, which takes like, I think like three to five days, it will fall off and you will be like perfectly new underneath. And what it also does is that because it's cushioning the blister while it's healing, it will do a like it greatly minimizes the pain and it greatly minimizes like just the general discomfort from having a blister. This is not sponsored, but Band-Aid brand should sponsor me because I have told literally everybody I know about these and you want to. You, you want to treat the blister properly. But if you're when you're thinking about the shoes that you're wearing, you want to keep your shoes breathable as well. So, yeah, a strappy sandal is great. You know, airflow, right? Um, sandals in general are also just, I think, more comfortable um, and you're less likely to get a blister. If for whatever reason sandals are not your thing, then go for shoes that are fabric. Leather is not as um, real leather. Maybe you could fight me on this. Eh. I don't know. It's it's a it's something that you could argue over, but definitely not pleather. Pleather is basically plastic. No, you don't want to do that. Um, the other thing is that, and this is again for me personally, and if you don't sweat as extreme as I do, then maybe this is not a concern for you. I love the shoes with the clear plastic paneling. They are so freaking adorable, but I never ever buy them or wear them for two reasons. First of all, that is that's like just creating a sweat chamber. Nobody needs that. Um, and also, in my opinion, much more embarrassingly, when I wear those shoes, the plastic fogs up from condensation uh, because my feet are sweating so much. So think about it, you know, think long and hard before, you know, about what your feet do in warm conditions before wearing a shoe like that in the summer. And then if you do cover your hair, then think about what type of hair coverings. You know, if you're in a situation where you're comfortable not wearing a wig, not no wig is automatically going to be more comfortable than wig. Um, 
If you are wearing a wig, then I find that the best thing is to try to get as little on your neck as possible. I find that for me, the back of my neck is the real linchpin. So uh, I'll generally try to wear shorter wigs in the winter and not, not in the winter. We're talking about the summer. Um, I'll try to wear shorter wigs um, or just have um, like a like a, a ponytail of some sort. Even if it's not officially a pony wig, you can pretty much take any wig and put it in a low pony kind of over to the side. Then... Um, and you know, it'll just be much, much, much more comfortable. So that's, those are kind of the things you want to be thinking about when you're dressing for the summer, which honestly, these are the kinds of things I want you to be thinking about in summer. I don't want you to be thinking about, and I hope that you're trying not to, um, or maybe you're not, but for me, at least this nonsense garbage about like getting a summer body. We have better things to do in our lives than worry about the different ways our bodies are perceived only because of the season. Like, there, I, we just have better places to be, better things to be talking about, better things to just be occupying our space with than, well, what are the new ways my body is inadequate because now it is warmer outside? And I understand that there's a certain pressure here around like a, a bikini body or something like that, that if you dress modestly, you might not feel perfectly frankly because you're not displayed in that way. Um, and in a way we are, I think, <sighs> I was just about to say that in a way we are kind of free from that, but I don't know if that's true. In, I, I hmm. I don't think that people who dress modestly have less pressure to look a certain way, but maybe we don't have that specific pressure of looking good in a bikini. I'll, I'll give you that. But I think that the fact that this type of messaging is just rampant this time of year, I think that to say that that doesn't affect us on some level, I think that's foolish. And... I actually recently saw the best thing. It was something like, it was something like, I'm not, I'm not working for my summer body. I'm working for my old lady body, strong bones, good back, you know, great knees, something like that, which I thought was great because I really, that that's honestly, that's really the way that I've been approaching exercise over the last year or so. And that's been, that's been very eye opening for me as well. But I think that when we, when we're taught to think about summer in a certain way, I really want to be thinking about summer as how do I have the best time with the people that I love in whatever kind of clothes and have those clothes be a vehicle for me to enjoy the time that I have with the people that I love and not have those clothes be a source of stress that distracts me from whatever it is that is the occasion that I've chosen to get dressed for, whether that, you know, quote unquote occasion is just, you know, going to work or going to the grocery store or whatever. I don't, I never want my clothes to be a source of stress. I never want my clothes to be something that I don't know if I can rely on, you know, you know how like there are some pieces in your closet that you love wearing, but you have to be in exactly the right mood to put them on. I stopped buying those pieces because for me, I frankly don't have the energy anymore for something that is not going to 
show up for me in the fullest sense of the word. And I know that that's really strange saying that about a piece of clothing, about an inanimate object, but that's really how I feel. I also think that the the clothes that we wear and the way that we relate to those clothes is not just about, it's not just about how we feel, it's how we present ourselves. In a lot of ways, our clothes are like our second skin. And if you can't rely on your clothes to, at the very least, not distract you from whatever it is, the awesomeness that you need to do on any given day, then I find that everything just becomes a little bit harder to do. And I don't got extra energy for that. I don't have extra energy for things to be more difficult than they need to be. And I certainly don't have extra energy to be sweating in something uncomfortable because I got caught up in the thinking that my body needed to look a certain way for this season. So those were all the things that I was thinking about while wearing the drawstring dress recently. They came up while I was creating it. Um, I just really wanted a flowy, easy, gorgeous, reliable summer piece. And that's what really, that's really what the drawstring dress is. Uh, just for like some quick technical details, the drawstring dress has so many amazing details in it. Like just so many amazing, gorgeous little bits of just like summer fun. Obviously the feature is the drawstring weight, drawstring, excuse me, waist. And that is exactly what it sounds like. There's this really nice channel that's made out of the same fabric. So you can only sort of see it. It's, it like blends in just the perfect amount, um, with a really long drawstring belt. And you can pull that belt to be as tight or as loose as you'd like. So you have a lot of flexibility in terms of how fitted you want the waist to be, which is also, I think, just a really nice feature, similar to the shift flutter dress, wearing it with or without the belt. But the great trick of the drawstring dress is that the drawstring does not go all the way around. Big, big, big pet peeve is having like a drawstring on a pair of sweatpants fall out. It's a big pain. So um, and to avoid that, it, this dress actually has a zipper up the back and the drawstring, it's actually two drawstrings that um, like are each sewn into the zipper on the back. If you watch the work in progress for this style, which is saved to my highlights on Instagram, then you saw me testing to make sure that this was, uh, that there weren't too many layers that this would all fit into the zipper and it works perfectly. So you don't have to worry about the drawstring falling out because it's sewn in um, on the zipper side. So that's like the feature bit. But the thing that is really great is that when you have a drawstring, it sort of creates loose gathers. So I wanted to lean into that gathering in other parts of the style. So there is a ruffled hem, which is just like so wonderfully whimsy. It's a really great proportion also in the way that it breaks up the skirt. I'm really proud of that hem actually. And then I also have a gathered neckline and an ever so slight poof in the sleeve. So you have like these little gathering details that get pulled in in different spaces throughout the design. And then another unique detail that this piece has is a lay flat mandarin inspired collar. So um, it lays flat. That's why it's called the lay flat collar. Um, uh, it lays flat against the neck and the shape is inspired by a mandarin collar, but it's, I wouldn't call it a mandarin collar because those stand up. So it just has so many great details in it. And it's a really fun piece. You can, um, oh, it comes in two prints, uh, an ivory floral and a black for floral. The ivory, I will admit to you, has been much more popular than the black. It's the one that I have. 
it's my personal favorite as well. Uh, it's a really, really, really beautiful print with like a lot of gorgeous colors. But if ivory is not your thing or if you want something that's a little bit more year round, um, I would definitely go for the black. You can find the drawstring dress on impactfashionnyc.com. You can follow along on Instagram at impact.fashion.nyc. And uh, you can also follow me on WhatsApp status. It's uh, 516-953-9391. And... Oh, and it's also at the address at American Dream Mall. You can see the drawstring dress there as well. You can see lots of other pieces from my collection there as well. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to see more about my designs, the links are all in the show notes. On the last episode, I spoke with Shandy Plotzker about the next step in her career. Listen to it wherever you're hearing this one. The Be Impactful podcast is a project of impact fashion, the clothing line I created because I believe that we are all deserving of the beautiful things life has to offer. See my modest designs that are available in sizes 2 through 24 by going to impactfashionnyc.com. Access all of that by swiping up on the cover art. There are currently 20 people listed by Ora Agunot as a recalcitrant party. View their names, photos, locations, and details of their cases by visiting getorrors.org slash recalcitrant dash parties. The episode art was designed by Michelle Moses. Original music composed by Nissan Batman. This episode was produced and hosted by me, Brief Get Squids. Catch me on Instagram and Facebook at impact.fashion.myc. As always, here's to making an impact together.